Welcome to Lawler Out Loud, and thank you for listening. I'm your host, Christy Lawler, and this podcast focuses on highlighting the amazing men and women that make a difference in our world. And we hope to prove that every single person has the power to make a difference and make an impact. Today's guest is Carlo Baroni. So first, let me thank you, Carlo, for joining us. Are you I'm kidding so me? I'm excited. excited to be here. So uh, you, you know I love hearing your voice, and I, I'm telling you, I'm sitting here in Nashville in a Starbucks with a stupid smile on my face right now. So this is, uh, I love talking to you, Chrissy. Well, I know you've listened to several episodes of the show, and I've never asked you which one is your favorite so far, but maybe yours will be your favorite. <laughs> exactly. You can't do that. There's too many of my friends on this thing. It's like, it would be like Sophie's Choice. You, you can't do that to me. It's yeah. Like, no. I enjoyed, I gotta say, I really enjoyed learning about people I've known for decades. It was, uh, some things come out like, uh, wow, I didn't have any idea that Nichelle's father worked for Nassau. You know what I mean? It was like, wow, that, that was kind of surprising. Yeah. No, yeah. well, we all know Nichelle's a genius, but yes. Yes. now we know she comes from genius lines. It's, not, it's genetics. It's not fair to have that much brain power. You know what I mean? I be born with, with yeah, but you and, know, and beauty. Let's be honest. Yes, come on, stunning. Oh That's God. not. It's not Her fair. Cheekbones and that smile, like stop. The smile's oh. killer. And then when we get into her love for Bruce Springsteen, it just goes to a different level. But uh, again, I'm picking out one. I'm picking out one. There were like 15 others I listened to. So I'm sorry for not mentioning you all. Okay. <laughs> I, I feel like. Academy Awards last night. It's like, oh my god, I don't want to forget anybody. If we're going to talk about one, but you know, we all love her, Michelle. So, oh, I know everybody loves her. So yes. I, I can't wait for this because I, there's so much to talk about here, and you have such an amazing career in our business. So I want you to just start by like, who is Carlo? That's a good question, right? Are you saying um, you can't wait for this because I'm the oldest person you've ever had on this or just that it's, it's been oh, an interesting no. ride? <laughs> no, I'm I haven't kidding. thought about it that way, and I don't know if you are or not. There's not no, an age restriction on this show. <laughs> that's good. I'm glad to hear that. Uh, no, so you know, it was really interesting because I love the path to get to this this situation, right? So you know, I was born on the east side of Detroit. As a matter of fact, uh, Eminem made our my neighborhood famous when he released Eight Mile uh, not too long ago when I literally grew up about six blocks south of Eight Mile. So it was uh, the east side of Detroit, the 70s. You know, the, the, the climate was changing. In, in by the way, in a very interesting parallel to the world right now is like nothing's really changed. I mean, that's, it's time, people, you know. But, mm -hmm. the, uh, but the city was changing in, just by pure luck. They built a boys and girls club um, down the street from me. And if, honestly, at the time, Chrissy does, especially I'm talking to my witty friend here, it was just a boys club. And yeah. it, it evolved. It evolved. And um, when I was, you know, from the time I was 10, I would, I'm not going to say it saved my life, but it redirected my life. And um, these people were very caring. Some of the people that worked at that club are still friends to this day. And um, what happened was I, I would go to school, Detroit public schools. And then at, at the end of school, um, I go to the boys club and I ended up actually working there for a couple of years, literally a dollar sixty-five an hour. That's in case anybody was curious how old I'm, I just gave it away. So it was a dollar sixty-five an hour. And uh, and what happened was 
every year for um, about four or five years, they would give a college scholarship away to one kid. So there were multiple, multiple boys clubs in, in the city, but one year at, in May, every year they would give a very minimal college scholarship away. And on uh, 1990, I'm sorry, 1977, I won that uh, college scholarship. They call it the Boy of the Year Award. And so wow. uh, what, what happened was it was funded by a guy named Vic Wartz. And, you know, if there's anything that we want to bring up in this, in this world is the people in your life that have changed your life, right? And mm -hmm. this was the first one. So the gentleman owned a beer distributorship. And uh, at the time, you know, we were very working class. I had a loving family, uh, three sisters, two brothers, and, and you know, great set of parents. Very Italian, very Irish Italian. But the, uh, this gentleman said, hey, you know what you should do? You should come work for me. And that, that, so $1.65 an hour to $10 an hour in a matter of like three weeks. And I got to, Christy, my first job was. That's huge. Yeah, it was huge. It was huge in 40 hours a week, right? I was working 40 hours. Oh my so God, was, but that's, let's, let's talk, wait, that's crazy money in the 70s. 1977, $10 an hour, cash, I mean, not cash, because I was not allowed, you know, Teamster-driven Detroit was very much driving all the beer distributorships in that, in that, it still is, I believe, but the, the interesting piece was I only had 90 days, so they had to, like, create this position for me, which was basically, I was, I don't want to say janitor, but I was the do-all in this place, mm -hmm. so... When I went to work the first day, my job was to separate the Miller bottles, which are clear, from the Miller light bottles that were returnables. So remember, they had like 10 cents a bottle. In Michigan, it's 10 cents a bottle. Yeah. So when a bar used Miller or Miller Lite, um, they had to return those bottles. So my job to for the reclamation process is to go in and these disgusting people had been drinking out of these bottles, and I had to separate them, to, to recycle them. And... Uh, I know, right? It was just, I mean, we could spend the whole show talking about some of the stuff I've seen in those bottles, but the, you know, yeah. and that was every day, but I was making so much money. I was living large girl. I mean, I was, uh, I mean, I bought yeah. a 69 Chevelle. I had it decked out and with an eight track uh, quadraphonic player in there that, I, you know, Ted Nugent and I would jam out on the way to work. And uh, I, at the 90th day, uh, the union found out that I was working in there. And they made me join the Teamsters. So mm. then I went, then I went to, uh, it just it almost tripled that, tripled that money in 90 days. And yeah. I was working midnights. So it was hard to go to school. And the owner of the Vic Works is this man's name. He's just, I mean, my life would not be the same if I had not run into Vic Works. And he found out that I was, Right, driving now out, driving a high low loading trucks and unloading trucks. And at the time, this little beer came out of nowhere called Miller Lite, which I've mentioned, but what they did the great taste, less filling. You, you, marketing guru, who you are. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Maybe one of the greatest marketing campaigns of all time, right? Yeah. And uh, the brand just took off. The brand took off. And next thing I know, I was first driving a high low, then I was driving a truck. So I went commission on the truck and I was making. You know, more money, I'm, I'm pretty sure more money than my father ever did at 19 years old. And yeah. um, I pulled the truck into the, the distributorship and he was outside. He didn't realize what had happened in the process of about six months and literally walked up to the truck. 
I'm not saying he was angry at me, but was confused and found out that uh, I, I, had my, I had this cute little polyester uniform that we had to wear every day, you know, like um, a blue shirt and you know blue pants. We, we were very, you know, they gave us five sets of them. And I was like, wow, look at this. I didn't have to spend any money on clothes. And, um, and you know, for a kid in Detroit, your dreams were a little different. You know, you didn't have the dreams of, uh, especially in public, public schools, you didn't really have dreams of doing anything more. I just thought, this is it. I made it. Yeah. And he uh, said, get off the truck. And don't you ever get on this truck again. I said, I, I didn't have any choice. He said, well, tomorrow you come in, we're going to create a sales job for you. And you're going to have a region in the sales world, you know, in Macomb County at this time. And that's like, what are you talking about? I'm 19. I didn't have a clue. Um, wow. Yeah, that was a game-changing moment of my life because what happened was um, I became uh, a pretty successful in that area because I was literally walking into places and selling Miller and Miller Lite. I thought it was the greatest thing that ever happened, you know, which anybody could do, to be honest with you. It had yeah. nothing to do with me. But about four years into it, um, they walked up and we had a little conference meeting and they said, hey, we're thinking of bringing in this other brand. What do you think of this? It's like three times as expensive as Miller, and it was Heineken. And uh, oh. yeah, I was lucky. So um, I thought, well, this is the ultimate challenge. Now we can walk into these same stores. You know, Detroit at the time was a series of party stores. Unlike Texas, you know, there's probably six or 7,000 licenses in the state of Michigan. And um, so I was going from store to store to store selling these. Uh, the Heineken brand into these, they call them party stores or liquor stores in Michigan. Mm -hmm. And Heineken took notice. <laughs> they uh, they were like, well, this is interesting. Who is this guy? And, um, you know, they, they came into the distributorship and, and met with me. And then they would drive me around just the, the people from actually, again, aging myself. And this is the last time I say that, I promise. But Dan Munching and Company was the actual importer. And they said, well, you're an interesting guy. Um, thank you for all the help. And they spent more and more time with me. Vic passed away uh, from an open heart surgery. And mm -hmm. Heineken hired me within six months. It was pure luck. Uh, wow. I promise you I wouldn't use the word luck, but I, I, I think it was fate. I became the state manager. I would think I was 24 or 25 at the time. And Van Munchen's goals at this point were to get Heineken to somewhere between four and five million cases. And I had Michigan. So um, we did. We, we, we were working and I was, you know, suddenly Heineken was everywhere. And Heineken, you, Heineken, the Netherlands, came in and started to, you know, go through the state by state and kind of doing a survey. And they said, we're going to buy Van Munchen and company. And at the time, fired, I would say, 70% of the salespeople at Heineken. And one, mentor number two, mentor number two, his name was Eric Morm, a genius. I mean, like a Wharton School of Business genius, flew in and, you know, the, he said, I don't know who you are. And as I know, your numbers are almost triple everybody else. And I have an idea for you, but it's going to take a couple of years. So keep doing what you're doing. But, you know. Just make sure that you, that you know that you're not going anywhere. Two years passed. He flew back into Detroit and said, I have this national accounts thing. Okay, and um, I think you would be perfect to do this. Wow. Unfortunately, you have to move to Dallas. 
And, you know, my massive Italian family had never let, had anybody let, leave the state. And uh, I, I packed up my bags and I uh, wow. moved to Grapevine, Texas. And uh, my mentor, number three, uh, they hired a man named Ted Nero from Pepsi. And he came in and said, I need you to think bigger than you've ever thought before. And from the buyers from, now this is even before like a lot of the conferences, but from TGI Fridays to Bennigan's, the Steak and Ale, to, um, you know, of the whole Metro media world, the Chili's the, on the border. I was walking in and saying, I'm from Heineken. And mm-hmm. we were getting programs. And I tell you, mentor number four, David Comer, who was at the time the TGI Fridays buyer, which at that point of my career, this uh, entire marketing department of TGI Fridays were just geniuses. It was just, I mean, the who's who of the, the, the current restaurant business is still offshoots of that department. Yeah. And uh, I had taken him like, like a very much a um, Heineken cell sheet. And he was typing on a green screen computer, didn't turn his head and said, did you take these same promotions to everybody else? And I was not ready for that question. And I said, well, yeah. He said, well, i tell you what you want to do. If you want TGI Friday's business, you go back, you sit with your marketing department, and you create a program just for us. And that was it. Career changing wow. moment number four, right? And uh, we did. I, uh, I tell you that some of the most successful LTOs of my career were at TGI Friday's, and David Comer was responsible for that. And... Um, as a matter of fact, you love this. We did an Austin Powers promotion that was so big <laughs> at TGI Fridays that the the it was from those staff to the the consumers, they were stealing the point of sale. We had to keep replenishing the point of sale because they, it was so cool and so ingenious. And that was the promotion that he created when he said to go back and think. And it was just unbelievable. It, it kind of took um, Heineken. It kind of reinvented Heineken at the time because it was becoming like your grandfather's type of beer and it surged. It just literally surged from that point. Interesting. Yes. And we got to 40 million cases. And so that, which is huge. I mean, that's five, amazing. Yeah. So Van Munchie thought we were tapped out at 5 million and then Heineken's got it to 40 million cases in a matter of, I would say 10 years. It was truly astronomical and fun, by the way, building brands is fun. I love. Oh my God. Product. That's one of my favorite things. I love building brands. That's always the most exciting thing. I'm like, everybody's like, oh, we're developing a brand. No, are you kidding me? This is what I want to do. Like, I want to be a part of the next thing. I want to be a part of building something. There's so much reward in building something from non-existent to seeing it on your first menu. Do Right? um, to, to, to watching somebody actually drink it in a place that, uh, you know, that you helped, you, yeah. you, you know, you help put that drink on the menu and suddenly and consumers are loving it or it goes from zero cases to 10,000 cases. You know, that is a, uh, that is a really fun, extremely a lot of work. That's, it's really funny. I was noticing yeah. we're asking some of these questions to some of the other guests that you've had on here that, that the moment when a consumer sits down in a chain restaurant, uh, they don't realize the amount of work that goes in to get to that point. Oh my God. No, no. You know, what's funny is, 
you know, I'm, I'm building my own brand right now and I, I'm doing farmer's markets on the weekends to kind of build that brand presence just with literal foot feet on the street. But one of the uh, markets that I do, the organizer sent over one of the interns um, cause I volunteered to mentor her interns um, for career guidance. And she asked me in, uh, a question that I've never been asked. And it was peculiar because she's like, how did you find out that this is what you loved? Like I asked that question of everybody else, but no one's ever asked me that. And mm. I was like, okay, that's a really good question. And I'm looking at this 15 year old girl that is, you know, a few years away from really having to buckle down and figure out her career. But I'm like, for me, it was like actually going out and seeing other people engage with my work. Because before I was ever doing this, I was running marketing and seeing people like pick up the newspaper and read my article or you know, pick up my newsletter and see my name on the byline or, you know, I would take a picture and then people would like be like, oh, thank you so much for taking my picture. I saw it in the newspaper. I saw it in the publication. I saw it in this. And it was just seeing my work was intoxicating. Like that, that had me hooked. And the first time I walked into a restaurant and saw my menu on the table that people were ordering drinks off of. I was like, I'm done. This is it. This is my version of architecture. I built it. They came. I'm done. <laughs> it's well. I mean, what's really funny as you're talking to that, I keep thinking about you in your. First of all, you're like an octopus, right? You've got. You're one of the people that just refuses status quo. It is. It is. You know, in our world, and you know, it's it's a fraternity. Let's let's be honest. That there is not a person on your podcast that. I don't know, or I've been in the same room with, or, you know, that um, I can relate to even, but, you know, we're, we all go to the same conferences, but there's always 15 people that refuse to do things the same way. And I, you know, I'm not saying this because I'm on this, this, uh, you know, conversation with you. I'm saying this because I truly, at my age, look back on the people and I call you the cannonball. I mean, it's a, uh, <laughs> people dive into the pool. Some people cannonball into the pool. And I believe I like even that. though you're not that big, you know, you're not that big, you don't make that big of a splash, but you just refuse to dive. And, you know, this is, I, it's really funny that you mentioned that you're working um, farmer's market. And I'm like, when? <laughs> you got two yeah. kids. You're, I'm exhausted. You got a I'll be honest. I don't <laughs> sleep. <laughs> but, but you hit something dead on when you see your work live. You know, it is truly something I just, I just don't think people realize, you know, they open the menus, they turn to the drinks and they turn to the food, which was styled and, and gone through 17 yeah. different versions of chicken before they got to that piece. And you, you know, you've learned this over the 35, 40 years that you're in the rest, you know, we're really not in the restaurant business, we're in the beverage business, but you're involved with the same people. So it is, uh, it is fun to hear you say that because I also don't know how many people who are listening to these things realize that not a lot of people do a lot of menus and I mean yeah. it's uh there's there's x amount of you in the world but yeah. there's you know 10 million million menus right it's uh it's fascinating to me so yeah no and I I'll be honest with you I still get that same rush as that first time 
it, it doesn't die. It doesn't, it doesn't wane and it doesn't lessen like American social. I'm, I'm in Florida right now as we're talking for yes. their RFP meetings this week. The, the first time that menu launched and I had convinced Mike Herchuk to let me call the drink the peanut butter jelly time because <laughs> I thought it was hilarious. And I'm like, if you're doing a PB&J old fashioned, you have to let me call it PB&J peanut butter jelly time. I mean, that, to me, that is just hilarious. I like, is, ridiculous. To me, and he's that's like, you. oh, By the way. that takes me back to college and not in a good way. And I was like, I will give you money for an hour of therapy if you will let me name it this. <laughs> he he acquiesced. He let me name it peanut butter jelly time. And he still is sending me links to like, they're getting like all sorts of crazy press on the peanut butter jelly time old fashioned. That is hilarious. It's just called peanut butter jelly time on the menu. That and it's, it's got a great drink shot and everything. But I'm still and I, I still get that rush. Like every time Mike sends me a link, he's like, "We we landed in the Orlando Sentinel or whatever the paper is," and I'm like, "Yeah, it's the name, dude. <laughs> it's the and, name." And no doubt about it. No doubt about it. But again, Chrissy, that's you. And by the way, it's also Mike. You know, it's a uh, it oh, is yeah. funny. And you talk about people that don't things like do things like anybody else. Yeah. And honestly, that's kind of where the. You know, we, we, I don't want to jump too far ahead, but that's kind of where the career went for me. I got tired of, you know, when when, um, when you get a brand to a level of 50 and 60 million cases, the holes in distribution become like um, the five and six unit restaurant chain. Nothing, please. We love them. But the but, you know, there's not a lot of power you can do anymore because you have yeah. it in every single chain. So yeah. what, what's fine? You, you know, it, it's it's just not the same for me. And you know, no. you want me to continue on because I will tell you this: is what happened was I basically midlife crisis is out. It. <laughs> no, I, I, I wouldn't say that. Let me correct you because I think that you're assessing your own skill set incorrectly based on my experience and knowledge of you personally. I would say that you are one of those people that reaches for what's next. What can I, what can I do? How can I create an impact? And once you've hit the goals, you're like, now who can I help? You're not, you don't get bored. You're like, okay, it's time to do the next thing. And that's what you've done. I mean, when we met, you were working for a wine company. Then right. you were with Zodiac. Right. And you did prom- I mean, this is way back in my 20s. And probably your 40s, I yes. think. Yes. This is a, it was a bit ago for both like, of us. I like, I like the pause there. Yeah, your 40s. I'm trying to do the math because I'm Thank in my 40s. Much. Thank but you also yeah. not a math whiz. But right. you're like, you have done this, this amazing thing where you've done exactly what you just said you admired about people. And I think that it's, it's you're not egocentric at all. So it's not that this is what you admire about yourself. This is what you do naturally. And when you see others doing it, you admire it in them because you know you have kin, right? You have your like-minded, you have your kindred spirits in the market doing the same thing. But you have built amazing brands. You do everything. And when you reach that point where nothing more can be done, you've accomplished all of the things and it's time to move on and see who you can help next. And you've brought amazing people into my life over the years. 
too. Oh, thank you. Because thank of you. the way that you grow and develop. And I, I really want you to explore that because I mean, we're going completely off script here. We're going way no, off the question. No, but I you think and me what you have <laughs> is so special and, and very unique. And I and I've always admired it and I've always been like, Man, I love that guy. <laughs> well, I you know, and it's always been we, we did have a mutual love fest on this thing, but you know, it's really, it's funny you say that. So, I, okay, forget the midlife crisis thing, but I will tell you that uh, the, you know, the, the way Heineken kept me engaged through those later years, and, you know, I will, I will pat myself on the back for a second. Like, they gave out Salesman of the Year awards, and I won them almost like six or seven years in a row. And, um, but, th- but again, I had a brand like Heineken that was spending a hundred million dollars in advertising. But the, the, the fun thing for me was Amstelite, right? So I, they launched Amstelite, which at the time, nobody had an imported light beer. And again, we got almost the penetration of the change was almost immediate. Relationships were developed on this because it was selling, right? It was, it was going through. And so, you know, everybody that was uh, accepting meetings was, putting it on the menu, but it was making them money. And that was a really good thing. And then Heineken launched Murphy's, which another person, uh, a man named Peter Bray, had this just warped marketing sense of value. And we went and launched that to another massive set of uh, and chains. And, you know, listen, the one thing that's fun about building brands is that when you get these chains on board, the distributors take notice. So, yeah. you know, and I had nothing to do with distributors, but suddenly, you know, you have a little power with these people and when those brands started to fade and we got into the uh the change of um yeah the ceo had moved and eric had uh moved on i somebody offered me a job and it was like i was gonna bump to make a a pretty amazing career choice with two of the most powerful people i knew in the business david comer and scott moore who is now a, a vp at southern wine spirits but david comer offered me to come work as he started a new company called uh, eSky. And that was probably, if there was ever a piece of the business that nobody knows and nobody talks about, it was a technology piece that's, um, that was 21 years ahead of its time because this was the year 2000. And um, we ran, Scott and I ran from Boston to LA telling the chains about this piece of software. And again, now I've got more relationships. The, the, the relationship portfolio or the Rolodex is yeah. expanding. And um, about two years later, um, you know, funding for those that remember the dot-com explosion um, that happened. And unfortunately the company went down, but at that point, just in a matter of weeks, this little wine company out of nowhere that you mentioned earlier, uh, I, I was pretty much lucky at the time that I had a job offer from Banfi, mm-hmm. but I also had, it's kind of funny now that I'm sitting here smiling, thinking about what you just said. So yeah. Banfi, this monolith, beautiful, unbelievable people, unbelievable wines, and this little company out of Lodi called Jewel. Yeah. And I love the name. I, I kept yeah. saying it. One thing I know about the casual dining consumers that, you know, sometimes when wine lists get passed around, um, people get nervous, right? And it's, uh, but if you said Jewel, it says everything, right? It's, it's like a uh, perfect thing. And I flew myself to Lodi after I interviewed with this guy. And uh, he's like, what the heck are you doing here? I said, I want this job. 
I'm telling you right now, I want this job. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I had this other job in my hands. I was, I was very fortunate to have this offer. And I said, hey, I just want you to get close to this. And um, he said, you're out of your mind. I can't come close to this. Let's work it out. And so this is a part of my career that I don't think a lot of people know or even understand, but we took them from zero to 95,000 cases in three years. Holy crap. Yeah. That's insane yeah, that was, for wine. Right. Right. It was, it yeah, was truly, no, that's huge. truly um, uh, probably the proudest at that point in my career that I'd ever been because it was me and then it was me and 40 salespeople below me. And uh, it was truly an amazing amazing ride and uh unfortunately that ended in well, i'll need therapy people going how that ended but that you know i i i left there um went to zodiac like you said same thing same story yeah. two thousand cases um thirty five thousand cases cheers called us the hottest vodka in the in the country and then i decided that i wanted to come out and uh i wanted to be me and I had met oh. my future husband. Yeah. I had met my future husband and I just had the freedom because of what he brought into my life. Uh, financially and stability and just love that I could yeah. start my own company. And I started one bar USA at the time. And that wow. was the See, brokerage. So this is, this is something I don't know about because you left Zodiac and Zodiac kind of fell off the radar. It just, I mean, Zodiac was you. And maybe that was, you know, me at the time where I was, I was working with you. So therefore I was working with Zodiac. But when you left Zodiac, I wasn't working with you. And I then moved out of the agency side for a bit and moved into sales. And so then, you know, you were doing one bar. And we've reconnected that way. And it's funny the way that we've reconnected over the years. Um, I mean, at one point, I think we talked about me working for you at Zodi at uh, One Bar. Would that, uh, would that not that have been something that we... a long time ago. Yes, yes. By the way, uh, just curious, do you realize that One Bar is my last name flipped? You know, I'll be honest, I'm not that smart. <laughs> I never caught that. No, I wanted to I call it you. Bar One. Oh my god! I wanted to call it I Bar One, you. but Marriott owns Bar One, so I oh flipped them. I just, I just flipped the, uh, the name around. But uh, this is, yeah. this is why we are kindred spirits, Carlo. Because, <laughs> like, I have to explain what jab means. Just yes. add booze. Like, I have to explain my acronyms. Like, I've got witty. Women in yes. the industry, jab, just add booze. TJL, it's really basic. If you know my name, you guess that my middle initial is a J, but, right? But honestly, <laughs> with you, you don't know what's coming name. next. Exactly. Exactly. You just, you think with, with Christy, you, you've reached uh, like some weird unparalleled universe because you just don't know what's coming. <laughs> that's oh and that's God. what we this love is, about you. This is yeah. hilarious. I'm loving yeah. this. Oh my God. Yeah. But so, yeah, and then you did that for a while. And then I remember you started, um, you were selling the juices and they, they, and we talked about the bar fresh thing. Right. Um, so, and now you're with a really amazing product line and I've never seen you so excited. I mean, you are like an, a brand ambassador for them, like globally. 
this is a great, this is my favorite part of the story so far. Okay. So I actually, um, I was working, do you know, Sarah Grover, speaking of powerful women in the business, Sarah Grover is, was California pizza kitchen since I think the first pepperoni, you know what I mean? She was like, um, I've never met her. She was mag. She has just, she's an industry icon, you know, from, from the California side. And she is one of my favorite human beings. Okay. So um, she left California Pizza Kitchen and started the company that you were just talking about, the Barfish Company. And she also brought two of the most powerful human beings from Pepsi. And um, I, I was honored to be interviewed by these people. I mean, it truly was. And, and, and by the way, just I have to throw one more name out. Tim Trent, who's now the CEO of Pepsi Bottlers in Cincinnati, uh, was my boss and became one of my friends. And um, I mean, so this is some serious power at this company. And it was smoothies. And I was like, well, this is interesting. <laughs> so, yeah. I kept wanting to add boost them. Yeah, I wanted to jab them, right? Just add boost. I was, the company was based in LA and I had seen that Green Bar had opened up, uh, they opened the first distillery in downtown LA since Prohibition. And I was like, well, this is interesting. I know, let me go see them. And I walked in and I'm, Chrissy, come on, how many, how many brands, how many brands have we tasted over the years and in, in, okay. in gone years? And I was like, rot. I was, who are you? You know, uh, I, and to this day, I call him Willy Wonka. I mean, he does things. I was tasting products and I thought, dude, I don't know who you are, but people need to know who you are. Yeah. You know, he's Armenian. His wife is Indian. And the, they just took these flavors from their, from their world and the flavors from L.A. and just did things differently. And yeah. I, I as I'm marching across the country now. And, you know, of course, it took the job in the pandemic. Hit. But uh, is I just, I'm not saying they're better. I'm just saying you've never had this before. How often do you get to say that? You know, uh, it's... Yeah, uh, you don't. You don't. No, it's fun to watch. It's fun to be part of. And uh, now that I'm, like I said, I'm sitting here in Nashville, going to see my friends here. Um, I just sit, sometimes I sit back and just open the bottle. You know, it's they, this is, it's commercial for 30 seconds. I promise I'll back off this. But um, <laughs> they, they're certified organic. They, they are recyclable bottles, recyclable caps, recyclable labels. Um, they, every bottle they sell, they plant a tree. So every time, like a company like Whole Foods, which carries us, does something, we make like Austin carbon negatives for a year. Uh, I mean, or a month. I mean, who does that? And, and they were doing it before it was cool. They do it because they believe it. So it's yeah. um it's like this they were so far ahead of the curve that it was just kind of fun and and so needless to say my adventure into the distillery turned into me saying um I really like the word for you <laughs> they were like who are you and I was like no that's um, amazing yeah yeah so and you know again I, I talked about the uh, the coming out process or you know coming to grips with who I was in my late thirties. You know, the beautiful thing about working for a company in California is like, it's not even a it blink. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It, it's like, oh, why are you even talking about this? Like, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I guess it's my, my, uh, my Detroit roots and my, my Dallas. Uh, um, and even though Dallas has progressed so far in that world, it's, yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's been fun. It's been a great ride. And I'm very proud of uh, where I am now. So 
Well, that leads me to ask you because it's, it's, I always ask people about like a negative experience or a negative time that they've looked back on. They're like, you know what? I had to go through that to become who I am today or learn what I needed to learn, grow in the way I needed to grow or protect the future of our industry in the way that I can. And that was my scenario for, you know, my negative experiences. But with you like coming out, and midlife too. I mean, yeah. you didn't come There's... out when you were twenty. You, you, you did things. You had the kids. You were a breeder, right? And then yes. you came out when everybody well, thought you were straight. You were like, "I'm going to go ahead and flip this." Here's the thing: I'm not straight. <laughs> and well, tell I, you me know, a little bit about what that was like for you. So you know, it's interesting because you know. Again, part of the reason there's multiple, we can do the whole show on this, but you know, the, uh, my problem with there were no role models of, of people that played sports or, um, you know, even to this day, you know, they, they, they still show when they, when they broadcast and listen, everybody has the right to live their best life. It has nothing. I don't have an opinion on how you do it. You live the way you want to live, but the masculine um, sports driven um, you know, uh, loving um, the gay stereotypes were not out there. They were out there, but they weren't what I was looking for. So I didn't know any better. And you plus, didn't I, identify. You know, I couldn't those. identify at all. Yeah. I couldn't identify yeah. at all. And, and you it, didn't which have really a place. Yeah. Yeah. I, I had to, I honestly, Chrissy, <laughs> without turning this way too serious, I had to uh, deal with this in a, a lot of money and a lot of therapy because I just couldn't understand why I couldn't beat this. And, you know, it's really funny that people talk about this all the time and the standpoint of, you know, I don't care what you do in your bedroom. And it has, it has nothing to do with my bedroom. My, my, yeah. it's my ability love. to form in a bedroom is one thing, my heart and my soul are another. Yeah, and, exactly. you know, and, and I love my husband. I mean, you know, I, I, I travel today. I, I miss him. That's what everybody wants. And that's what everybody yeah. looks for. So, why you people try to pigeonhole you so that the positive of this whole thing was the people that rallied behind you. And, um, you know, listen, I have two beautiful children, so there is no hindsight here, but the, the, the negative, and if there's a negative in my life, there's the people that no longer return emails and it's happened and it's happened some in major, major companies that, um, that's very unfortunate. And, and, but that's on them. That's not on you. That has nothing yeah. to do with you. You know, that's, the, you know Chris, that's their own you, issue. The beautiful thing about growing brands is that when you have a very small base and somebody just rejects you before they even opened the bottle or before they've even, you know, done any research on you, but they just reject you for you. Well, the good news is who's next? You don't yeah. need to spend more than five minutes on it. But I will tell you, there's four or five Dallas mail buyers that I used to have lunch with. And we used to laugh and we, you know, we, we would have a good time that no longer have anything to do with me. And uh, listen, this is, this is poor Carlo, please. I could care less, but you know, there's a part of me that. No, but that still stings because these yeah. are people that you thought were your friends. Right. Exactly. I mean, because it's, we're very friendly in this business, right? A stranger well, is only a person we haven't become besties with yet. <laughs> that's exactly right. You know, I always say, um, you know, do you know Kendra Shire? Kendra Shire, who was melting pot for 100 years and 
Um, now she runs Jake's in, in Dallas, but she was coming to town and she was coming over from Tampa at the time. And she said, Oh my God, um, we're coming to Dallas. I'm interviewing for a job. Would you mind if I stayed with you? And uh, of course I love her. And I was like, yeah, but, but there's something I have to tell you. And her reaction was crying. She was uh, so happy that I was happy. And, you know, it's, it's, so I live by those moments. I don't, I don't give the other people, you know, uh, 30 seconds. I just gave them more time than they needed, honestly, on this. But the, yeah. I just, I have a hard time fathoming judging people by who they love. It's just, it's just mind blowing to me. So, of course. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Especially, by the way, by the way, I think the restaurant business may employ a few gay people. I just, just a guess. I'm just, <laughs> just a few. Maybe just not few, at right? Chick-fil-A, but exactly. <laughs> definitely not at the old chicken filet. That's not happening. Right? <laughs> oh so. my God. Yeah. It, that's, it, you know, that's so interesting because we've all come to that point where, you know, there's, there's something about ourselves that we've had to hide. Right. And I think that sure. Sure. a lot of people can relate to that where there's a part of you that you keep hidden because you're afraid of what other people will think. And I literally had this conversation with my account manager this week when she was deciding what to call herself on her email. And I was like, well, what do you, how do you identify? Do you identify as an Alex or an Alexandra? It's very simple. Like, mm. what do you like to be called? She's like, I go by Alex. I'm like, then you're Alex. She's like, I feel like Alexandra is more professional. I'm like, yeah, I get that. But don't ever change who you feel like you are for someone else. Huh. Bingo, girl. Ever. There's there's Even your next as shirt. Simple as, okay. Right? Right? That's there's your next. Quote. There's the witty. Uh, next on the witty website today, kids. You can buy this t-shirt. It's, uh, it's dead on. But you know what? Right? Hey, Chrissy, don't, don't you love the fact that it's, you know, at our age now, you know, it's really funny. You remember all the wisdom that came from your parents or your grandparents at the time you took it as a, oh, come on. You know, I was like, but in hindsight, how dead on they were, almost 100%. And that's where I find myself now. You know, it's a, uh, it, it is literally the fact that, you know, spending that much time, and God bless her, I understand, worrying about your signature, really, the, uh, it's, it's much bigger than that, your self-confidence. You know, and honestly, if she works for you, she's got to be self-confident, my God. But, you know, I, I have been... <laughs> I have been, uh, I just laugh at those moments because I, I think that now, and the, and the reason that I'm so out, by the way, you know, sit on boards in, in Dallas and uh, because people need to, you know, I, sometimes I think wisdom works. You know, you can actually yeah. say things that will help somebody that, you know, somewhere down the road. So, you know, and, and, gonna... and that's, that's kind of the purpose of Woody. That's the purpose of this podcast. That's the purpose of my book. That's the purpose of everything for me personally is it's okay. Just be you. You're never going to be a better anyone else than you are going to be you. So just do that because you're the only expert at being you. So just embrace it. Come out with whatever you think the ugly is. And everybody has their own version of their own ugly. Come out with it. And be okay with it. And if people don't like it, that's them, not you. Move on. 
I'm telling you, it is just it is just the way to be. And I, I'm you know the nice thing about you know any type of success or um, you know having somebody that will support you regardless. And, and by the way, I have to bring my kids into this too. Just love us and uh, support us. <laughs> hey, wait, let me do a quick segue. You realize that my daughter is a vice president of Praytel Marketing in Chicago, who does nothing but uh, beer liquor <laughs> is that wild or what well, she she's, literally, footsteps. she's literally in the business and i she, you know all of that stuff that i said to her over the years which she rolled her eyes now she actually calls and asks me questions about the business it's like see i, I know i never went to college but i i, I kind of know a little bit about this business you know in yeah. uh in, in the young, the young and out. Oh, so you were talking about walking in and seeing menus. Imagine what it's like for me to walk into a venue or watch a video that my son has either directed or a song that he's written that's being sung by five or six thousand people, right? So those yeah. are those are proud moments, right? Very, oh my very God. proud moments. I can't so. imagine what that's like. Yeah, yeah, you're right. That's way better than seeing your work, seeing your kids' work. Absolutely. Yeah. You'll be there. Oh, You'll be there. On a, well, on a very small scale, Tillman had a lemonade stand this weekend and it was yes. his idea. Like I was walking the dog and he was in the playhouse in the backyard and he's screaming at me while I'm coming down the levee from walking the dog. And he's like, mom, <laughs> I want to have a lemonade stand. And I'm like, okay. And this was Thursday. And I'm like, um, okay. And I'm thinking like, what do I have to do this weekend? I've got a lot of work on my plate, but he wants to have a lemonade stand. I need to figure out how to make this happen. And I was like, well, you guys don't have any sports on Sunday. You have no birthday parties. So I can take a few hours out of work and do this. So I, we made the lemonade. We went to Walmart on Saturday. We bought all the stuff for signage and together we made a sign. He created a brand. I suggested Tillman's Spectacular Lemonade. He said, no, mom, it's got to be Tillman's Epic Lemonade Stand. <laughs> that's awesome. Okay, baby. <laughs> Whatever you want. Six. Oh, my God. That's greatness. Greatness. So, well, here's, here's the crazy part. We get out there and he like literally Saturday night, he's like, I'm sleeping in my clothes. So I'm ready to go in the morning. And I'm like, oh my God, the excitement. We're is not going that early. We're not, yeah. no, we're not going that early, but okay, honey, you can sleep in your clothes if you want. We get out there Sunday morning. We set everything up. We're ready to go. And like, we're there for like five minutes. And he's like, mom, this sucks. No one's coming to my lemonade stand. I'm like, just Aww. wait, just wait, baby. This is a process. Like, I'm standing out at farmer's markets on weekends and you wait, you just wait and you talk when people show up. He made $144 yesterday Shut up. in an Shut hour up. and a half. That's incredible. That's it was cheap. insane. That and was some not that good much cool money. I mean, lemonade. We, yeah. we had to make more lemonade at the stand. It was a very what? successful uh, sell-through rate. But what shocked me was the amount of kids and adults alike that showed up and just gave us money oh it was insane like literally a car pulled up and gave him a 20 for that's incredible nothing. so was that was that out in front of your house or is it the farmer's market no that was that was in front of their school we set up on oh, the corner and they posted on facebook so everybody would know we're on this, this intersection 
and we had music and the kids were dancing and they had the signs they were spinning and we had kids show up from the neighborhood that were just volunteers to spin the sign and drink free lemonade and it was amazing and by the end of it Tillman's like can we do this every weekend I'm like no (laughs) no we can't no but I love I love the incentive for the help if, if you work with me, I will give you free lemonade. It's, it's like, um, let's pay the employees, right? It, oh, hilarious. Actually, that was my idea. My little entrepreneur did not want to give away any free product. <laughs> he also didn't want a tip share. I was like, uh, no, no, no. <laughs> we have to do this. He exactly. ended up giving his brother a whopping $3. And his brother that, stood out there and, and swung that sign for a good hour. And I was oh, like, my gosh. That you is do great. realize <laughs> He's done a lot of work for you today. You have to pay him back. But it's so funny. So I'm just curious. Did you jab the lemonade? No, I did not. No, no, no. There was no jab present. It was strictly lemonade. This was Tillman's show. Mom, and trust me, I thought about it. It was like, maybe I offer something for adults. And I was like, no. My mind immediately to my hibiscus. Like hibiscus lemonade. I'm all over that girl. I'm Right, I know. Right. That would well, be the incredible. funny thing is, is he's like, "Can I come to you, come to your farmers markets with you, and sell my lemonade at your farmers markets?" And I'm like, "Yes, yes, mm. of course, uh, of course." Keep that, but, that booth with all all the family members. That would be incredible. Oh my god, yeah, but I'm I always run solo. Like Brandon always has the kids at all of their sports and birthday parties and everything else, and then this is you know me solo set up and breakdown and all the things in between. And if I would love for him to come because I think it'd be really interesting for him and educational, sure. but he's really into like, he wants to learn ways to make money. He's already thinking, he's That's like, six. Hey, how much six. money do I have to get to make a big house enough to have kids? Okay. Well, like, by the way, we talked about Michelle's genetics. That kid has your genetics. Okay. <laughs> yeah. let's, let's be honest. Let's be honest. Okay. That money somehow, some way. It's going to happen. So So cute. So cute. But yeah. Oh my gosh. We've digressed so much. This is crazy. But um, it's going to happen, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. But you know what? That's what makes it fun to do this podcast is that everybody's story is different. Every interview is different. And every episode has nothing to do with another episode and that's what I love about it but I I I I want to ask you my favorite question which is my hardest question it's Mm -hmm. my oddball one and I I know you've heard me ask it before because you've listened to a few episodes but I'm getting nervous okay what do you want the listening audience to know about you you know I feel I think you know what listen if, if as we get to this point of our careers, especially after the last, you know, since the advent of social media and the, and the world suddenly has an opinion on every movement that you make, that if there is a adjective that I want to be known as, it would be nice. And, you know, I have tried my hardest. You know, I think I think nice comes with a um, an asterisk because I think you have to work on it. I don't think I think that you have to know when not to say things and yeah. you know when to try to be gracious and 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 try to 
you know, um, just stay the way my mother wanted me to be. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm 22 years old and I have always believed that that somehow will open doors. So I think that I work on being nice. I, 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 I just think that, you know, uh, it, it's just not something easy to do. I am, um, it, it just means <laughs> I'm stumbling a little bit like everybody does at this point, but I really believe that, you know, um, we have to leave this place a little bit better. And yeah. I, I wanted my kids' kids to know that at least I tried, you know? Yeah. You know, yeah. No, that's a really good answer. And I think that honestly, because I work on that, like I always tell people like kindness doesn't cost you anything. Just no. be kind. But I'll t- I, I'm the first one to admit that kindness is not always easy for me. And obviously it's part of my core ethos. It's how I define everything that I do, but it's not always easy. I mean, I, I got flipped off in traffic this morning and that pissed me off. <laughs> so I gave them two thumbs up in return. No, I'm I really sure you did. wanted to give them, no, I literally did. Cause this is something my husband taught me. I really wanted to give them the double bird right back at you. I didn't. I just smiled and waved and gave him two thumbs up. And I'm so, like, but- you're angry. You don't know how to zipper merge. I was aggressive. You got angry. You flipped me off. I'm giving you thumbs up. But but that's exactly what I'm talking about. I mean that's <laughs> I mean but that's but that is learning. I think I'm, honestly, ten years ago, would would you have given two thumbs up? No, come on, yeah. Chrissy. I know you. I know. I know no, you. Uh, yeah, I it would have been. Did. I literally. Yeah. No, I literally. I know. It's so no, out of character for me. Trust me. But it was hard a, for me to give them that digit instead of the other one. Right. right. <laughs> I believe, I, I'm like, this is a learning moment, Christy. Yes. Yes. Here we go. Exactly. I totally agree with that. It's, uh, and I, you I know, normally like I let everybody in. I'm like, yeah, you, yeah, you're probably running late. Go ahead of me. But these people, like, I was in line. And these people flew up past me and then tried to wedge in. And I, I gave them the, what are you doing? Hand signal. Like I threw both arms up and they gave me the same in return. And I was like, I don't understand. And then they caught me off and stopped short. And I was like, okay. So I got aggressive and I honked and then I get the fingers and I was like, (laughs) Okay, you think this is something I did to you. Not right. Some, okay. Right. Okay. I get it. I get it. You're the victim here. And you in in how this went down, you see yourself as the victim, even though you cut off sixteen cars to fly up and not zip or merge like everybody else had done. You're more important than everybody else in this line. Okay. They gave me the bird. Everybody in the car, like multiple birds went up. And I'm like <laughs> I got two thumbs for you. That's what exactly, I got. exactly. <laughs> I just, I, you know, you know, with uh, with uh, social media, I found myself, you know, whatever years ago, firing off things I would never say face to face. You know, and I th- I didn't like that version of me. I also didn't like the way that it, it could rile me up. I mean, it was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, I know that when I'm out amongst people. But by the way. How much do we love people, right? I mean, I don't think we have our jobs without people. And um, 
that I just thought this, this angry Carlo, I, I, I don't need him around. So I got rid of Twitter and, uh, you know, everything that I post on any type of social media is either food or drinks or my kids or my dogs or George, right? It's, uh, yeah. it's just simply, I, I chose to walk away from that. And um, that's like, like two thumbs up. It's the same choice. Yeah. You know, so, and, you know, I, I've made a career out of it, right? I mean, I've, uh, I've been lucky in this business to have people I call, you know, it's, it's a very bizarre growth when you, when the people that you were calling on as beverage buyers are now the CEOs of companies. Um, the people that I consider my friends are now the CEOs of giant restaurant groups or uh, Pepsi or, you know, uh, yeah. Cooper's Hawk or Velvet Taco or, you know, these, these, these people are just personal friends. They just happen to have a C in front of their names. And I'm like, so do I. I have a C in front of my name. It's just Carlo, not, not CEO. <laughs> <laughs> right? So I'm blessed. Well, it, and, and to me, I, the title means nothing. Um, I think it's just, it's about what you do. It's about yeah. who you are. I don't give a shit about your title. I'm never going to kiss your ass for that. But I will be like authentic to you. If you're a dick, you're always going to be a dick. Right. right. <laughs> I'm never going to kiss your ass. If but you're how a much dick with an O, I'm just going to avoid. But Absolutely. if you're somebody that's earned my respect, which let's be honest, it's pretty easy to earn my respect. You have to really, really dig deep to piss me off and to like, because I'm, I'm like a one strike girl. Like I have a high tolerance, but if you get one strike with me, you're done. It's over. I don't have I can't strike in me anymore. Well, yeah, I, I could see. It takes a lot to get one strike. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, how, how, honestly, how much mad respect you have for the people that you were across with the titles that are actually that smart? You know, that are. I mean, yeah. the real mentors, the real geniuses of our world, you know, the people that have created these things that people take for granted. There's so few. They're yeah. mostly just resume chasers. Yeah, yeah. That's so true. So true. So it's, I, I, that but, doesn't mean anything because they haven't developed themselves. I have yeah. much more respect for somebody that takes a step down in title to do better work than or just, somebody who just, takes a step up just to like post on LinkedIn or whatever, you know? We had discussed a little bit ahead of time about life. And, you know, it's really funny because um, I, my favorite saying in, uh, is life is not a DVR. You know, you can't yeah. back it up and do it all over again. You have to, you have to live in the moment. And um, I am, uh, George and I are, are about to redo a just a ridiculous piece of our house. And the contractor uh, who came out to do the house said, Oh, I see. I see. You guys are building the coffin house. And I was like, excuse me? He's like, yeah, you're going to build the house that you want to die in. And I was like, okay. All right. Well, when you well put it that's back, dark and twisty. <laughs> but I think he was recognizing the fact that we are now in that part of our careers where, you know, we're going to live life our way. We're going to do it, yeah. um, you know, with, with you know, our yeah, goal. There's, there's a better spin to put on it than Please coffin go. house. I, I mean, like, what I in like, the actual really? how? How would you? How would, do you want the job, or are you just trying to get fired? <laughs> I was like, that may be the worst sales line in history. Okay, yeah. I'm just so. But you know what the the point was? It's time. It's time to do it now, and and that's yeah. why honestly, that's why I jumped 
to Green Bar because I just thought, my my gosh, this is this is the brands that I want people to remember my career bar because I've never seen this. 44 years in the business, you talk about peanut butter and jelly, and I'm talking about a guy that puts 24 botanicals into a gym. Like, what the hell? I can't even, when I read the back label, I have to, I have to Google some of them. I'm like, oh my God, my Detroit public school education is killing me. Here, okay? I know, so. I know firsthand that they're spectacular because you supported our first. Um, yes. Yes. You're winning. In in yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. We're doing it again yeah. this year. Um, awesome. then, then I'm doing it again this year. Okay. Uh, okay. But that was, I, I mean, that those products are really amazing. And thank you. Uh, I, I want to find, I want to personally, I want to find places for them with my accounts um, where they fit because I think that they fit everywhere. I think it's just a matter of, you know, yeah. reworking the brain as, as accounts are looking at what's next, what's forward, uh, what's new and different. I think that there's so much out there that's not, you know, the Smirnoffs of the world. Wait, you know what? You just said and something. And I'm not Christy. denigrating those brands. No, I understand. But I'm going to tell you something. You just said something that I'm literally going to steal. I'm going to steal because, I mean, I've been trying to figure out how to say this. You just nailed it. Um, you have, for some reason, when you say organic, people all of a sudden create this this image in their head, like almost like an aloofness or um, it doesn't belong in, you know, boomer jacks. And I'm like, yeah, but it does because it's a lemon vodka. It'd be, you know what? The only thing is it's priced. It's, it's almost cheap. And by the way, it just tastes better than some of these other brands. Out there. Go by flavor, not what your preconceived notion of organic yeah. is. It, but I'm stealing that. They're, they're nicely done. Preconceived. I love that, man. My bill, my bill will come to you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. I'll, I'll take care of that in Aspen if I don't see you before then, okay? For sure. Uh, no, I, I, it, that's where we're going though. I mean, the forward thinking companies out there, this is what they're looking at is wh what can we do that that's different? You know, what? everybody is finally emerging from their homes again in yes. mass, not little yes. by little. It's no longer a trickle. It's more of like a, a, a healthy stream right? and we'll right. soon be back to a river before we're okay. a raging river. And now is the time to capitalize on what can be done in a better and different way that makes that impact, that Absolutely. makes that statement. No longer like, how many conferences have you and I sat in over the okay. years where it's like the same thing where they're like, we're not the same as everybody else, but you kind of are. Cause yeah. you know what everybody else says in their conferences? We're not the same, but you are. You're all the same. You're all doing the same thing. You just happen to have seventy-five player. million dollars worth of advertising behind you. But other than exactly. the fact that you change, you change flavors doesn't mean yeah. that it's not the yeah. same product, right? So you, it's really you interesting. change your logo and you're different, but you're you're right. not. People aren't coming back because you changed your logo. I'm sorry. You know, we like to say when you you know because these products are so radically different. I mean, that what if Mixology actually started when you took the cap off the bottle? Right. What yeah. if you only had to do three steps, but the consumer li literally said, oh, my God, I've never tasted that before. It sounds like somebody was muddling, you know, 15 different things in the back room, but it, it, there isn't. So that's that's no. what got me yeah. with, with these guys. And I just think he's a genius. I, I, I honestly think he's he, I, I told him the other day, I was like, 
I hope we don't, the world doesn't recognize you like an artist, like after you're gone. I said, I'm going to do my damnedest to make sure people recognize you before I go. <laughs> right. It's an absolute march across the country. Yeah. So. Yeah. No need to be a Picasso or Van Gogh, right? No, no, exactly. Exactly. Be the innovator today. But yep. yeah, I mean, and there's plenty of organic but, uh, products that are still there. Sure you know, building and building and building and, and organic has always been part of their thing because that's what they've always done. But Absolutely. they're in that position of like, everybody jumped on that bandwagon and it became a trend. And all of a sudden it denigrated what they'd been doing right from the beginning. It's not years. fair. Yeah, 16 years they've been yeah. doing this. And, uh, and honestly, I'm going to guess even people listening to this probably don't even know they existed but that's honestly we go right back to the beginning of this conversation that's why i love doing this it's uh it is fun to watch the brand build and start to hear people say it and somebody posting about it and you know and, and that's kind of what we do and you know i've been very very lucky Christy, very lucky that uh, uh you know people keep giving me jobs <laughs> you haven't been lucky you've earned it you've worked your ass off You've built the relationships and the credibility behind your name, and you've earned it. You've Thank been you. blessed, but not lucky, sir. Yes, I'll take that. Okay. Luck is something that happens to you. When you create it for yourself, it's called hard work. Uh, thank you. I'll, I'll take that. I'm not going to argue with that. I, I okay. appreciate that. You should. Okay? <laughs> I don't, I, You're welcome. Honestly, I'll go back to the CRO offices uh, a, a decade and a half ago. I was like, oh, I'm not arguing with her. She scares me. I didn't scare you. Are you I'm kidding? kidding. I'm no. five foot two. <laughs> I told you, man. I was like, I walked out of the first CRO meetings, and that was with everybody there. It was like Michelle Kate, um, the who's who of that. So many great people that were there. Stephanie and uh, Lisa, of course. And yeah. um, I just remember thinking, I have never seen anybody do it. Like, what, did, what the hell? And you know what? It was, it was like interactive. It was so much fun. Like, no, no, no that's not going to work. I'm like, oh, okay. And so we give like three power page presentations gone out the window. That you know, but you know, but I just admired it, and I knew. I didn't think 16 and whatever how many years later we'd be having a, you know, that your podcast and that you're uh, you you own a company and that you, you you started witty and you know now you're a farmers market. I didn't think that. And but by the way, don't forget the world's hottest husband. Okay, but we're not going to go there. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah, but the uh, I just it's been fun to watch careers take off, and not just mine, but but other people's. It's, it's really it's fun. Thank you. I appreciate that. Well, before we sign off, you have to tell uh, everyone how they can reach you. Well, I'm uh, well all the social media. So I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm on Facebook, Carlo Baroni, Dallas. I'm definitely on LinkedIn, Carlo Baroni Green Bar. I'm on Instagram, but Instagram is old but still cooking because during the uh, nice. the pandemic, I took uh, like 900 culinary classes to, to, to learn how to. I always went. It was one of those bucket lists. Got to get it done. So I am on there, and um, those are the three biggest ways. But my email address is Carlo at greenbar.biz. Biz. So please reach out anytime, anywhere. Awesome! Awesome! Yes. And I'll put all of it in the show notes too. But thank, thank you. you so much, Carlo. This was this was really fun. I knew it would be. I knew it would be an entertaining conversation. 
Well, I knew the too. And, is- you know, when you asked, I was like, oh, God, this can go off in so many different directions. <laughs> well, we'll leave it. And uh, I, I, you didn't disappoint. Okay. You did not disappoint. Well, I'm glad. Thank you. Um, no. Yeah, no, I just, I, I really wanted, uh, I was excited that you, you wanted to be on the show to tell your story because I think it's, yeah. a, it's a really inspirational and powerful story. I think so it's very important to surround it. myself with people like you. It's very important. So thank you for asking me, okay? When you go home Absolutely. and take care of the day and uh, enjoy yourself down there in Florida. And by the way, my presentation's coming, okay? Got it. Thank you. And thank you all for tuning in to another episode of Lawler Out Loud, Mixing Up the Mainstream.